Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Experience in this business setting of sports is crucial no matter what role you have or what role you want in the future. Our next guest spent nearly the early part of his career outside of sports before transitioning to his new role almost 20 years ago now. I'm excited to have J.P. Paul, Vice President of Corporate Development and Guest Relations with the Minnesota Vikings. J.P., welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. Uh, so excited to be here. Thanks, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good, uh, good run here. No, this will be a lot of fun. And J.P., very excited to have you and dive into your illustrious career. A lot of our listeners know I'm a huge Vikings fan, which always helps. And uh, we've gotten to know each other really well. So really excited. And then the other you know, common theme here is we both grew up in Ohio. And you you go on to, to play D1 baseball at Miami of Ohio uh, University there. You receive a degree in marketing. JP, was it always a dream for you to work in sports? Well, first of all, Travis, all the good ones come from Ohio. We know that. So. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, it really wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I, I played baseball at Miami. I didn't even really have any aspirations of, of playing professional baseball but um, or working in sports or anything like that. It really was um, – it wasn't prominent back when I was in school uh, or when I graduated. Uh, I think Ohio University was probably one of the few schools that had a program. Yep. Um, you know, the Bulls and the Michael Jordan area while Air Jordan was out, you know, that whole level of sports marketing, Michael, and the, the championships were just taking off. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, Camden Yards opened in what, 92, 93 timeframe. So right. the facility piece of what we do in the sports marketing world hadn't really taken off much yet either. So um, no, it wasn't a thought of mine and, uh, and really just, kind of graduated and, and just started looking for what's that first opportunity in, in a sales or a marketing role. Yeah. And so to your point, you know, sports wasn't always that theme, but early on in your career, you got into medical sales and then the cell phone industry. And so what is your advice to young listeners on no matter what kind of experience they have to make the most out of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, right? I mean, 20 years ago, I didn't know I'd have a 20 year run with the Minnesota Vikings. Five years ago, you didn't know you'd be doing this podcast probably, right? right so exactly. you never know what's going to happen. So I think really what you've got to do is, is take the experience that you have and, 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 and just continue to grow in that realm. And, um, you know, if, if, if you start out in sales, which is what I did, doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up. But the experience that I gained by learning to uh, sell and learning to persuade, it, it always helps me in, in everything I do these days, whether it's you know, working with a guest, it's working with our, our ownership on budgeting. Any, any of those skills that I learned back when I was selling are, are completely uh, things I still use today. Absolutely. And, you know, you were spending some time in that sales and marketing and, and post that you end up spending time in real estate development. And then specifically, you got into selling premium and sponsorship for a brand new sports facility. How did that solidify your dream to really work in that sports industry? 
yeah, it was it was a huge piece in that because again, not really having much exposure to it when I was in college and the industry wasn't where it is certainly now. To to have that opportunity with a startup real estate development company, the whole role there was, you know, we were we were going to build this ten thousand seat arena in Northwest suburban Chicago. We were going to own all the teams. We were going to own all the revenue streams. And this was it was kind of a, a unique thing at that time. Um, but what it did was it gave me a taste of I can be involved in sports. And I can still be part of kind of how does the operation of, of something work? How does how does that get sold? Uh, what was really great for me was I started to get into some of the stadium development stuff. We'd sit down with HOK Sport, who was our architect on the project that I was working on at the time, and uh, and go through, hey, here's here's how we load the building for a, con- a concert. And, and so it was just little things like that that really kind of got my juices flowing on how can I stay in this and, and how can I make a career out of this? Well, you made a career to say the least, you know, almost 20 years ago. Now you joined the Minnesota Vikings where you're still at. And as you think back to that time, what made you make that move? And I guess most importantly, did you ever imagine you'd still be there? No, no way. Uh, (laughs) No way at all. You know, the funny thing is, or I guess not the funny thing is, but um, you know, what really made me make this move to Minnesota were the terrorist attacks that hit Washington and New York, oddly enough. Uh, You know, the project we were working on in Chicago uh, we were literally going out to work on the financing package the week uh, of the terrorist attacks. And, and as you know, the world stopped and, and yeah. money dried up and, and you just could not conduct business. We certainly weren't going to open a 10,000 seat building and find financing for that in, in that time frame. So, um, you know, we tried to make a go of the project. And at a certain point, I decided I need to jump out. And, um, you know, I had a variety of different interview opportunities. And, and you know, I again, growing up a sports fan, like, man, you know, the NFL has always been kind of a great product and, and something I've admired watching. And uh, the opportunity to come work in Minnesota presented itself. And uh, the, the unique thing about the opportunity in Minnesota was it was offering a stadium development, uh, you know, opportunity because the Vikings in 2003 were, were trying to get out of the Metrodome. Um, they were working at the time with the University of Minnesota to try and maybe build a campus where both uh, both entities could play. Um, so that's what that's what helped me make this move to Minnesota was uh, I could continue what I was working on in Chicago and do it at really a major league level. Yeah, absolutely. And so your time with the Vikings organization, we'll certainly dive into your career path there. But you know, what do you feel like the organization just done just on such a consistent basis to maintain top employees like yourself for so long? Yeah, you know. Travis, I'm lucky I've had great ownership and great leadership in my 20 years here. Um, you know, Mark and, and Ziggy and Lenny Wilf bought the team in 2005. And uh, just the things they've done to to enhance our careers, to make it feel like we're a family. And, and I know that you hear that a lot. And it's probably cliche. But, you know, looking back at, at what the Wilfs have done for us that have helped keep uh, keep me here and keep other of our, uh, members of our team here. You know, there was a time when when the NFL pensions we're talking about, you know, teams teams didn't pay into the pension anymore. We're lucky enough to have that. Um, they provided leadership coaches for us. Um, you know, things simple things like estate planning and some of those things that, you know what, it's not part of what they have to do as owners of the team, but it's part of what they do to help us in our lives and, and help us um, kind of put some of those worries aside so that we can, we can come and be the most productive we can at work. So I, I would say ownership and leadership um, have really created that culture. Uh, of family and caring uh, within our organization. 
And I know you have talked, you and I have talked about that in the past about, you know, the Vikings and what they do to understand. I think that's a lot of good organizations, right? They understand who you are as a person and as a professional, and they want to be able to go above and beyond in, in everything you do. And so, you know, JP, when you first started with the Vikings, you were the director of suites and premium speed, uh, premium seats. You spent 10 years in that role, really focused on increasing revenues and doing a tremendous job. And we'll certainly get to the new stadium project, but back then you were selling the Metrodome and then which turned into kind of the mall of America field, which that doesn't necessarily scream premium. Um, then you, even, as you know, doesn't even whisper premium. That probably. doesn't even whisper it. Right. And so how did you and your team, you know, back then have so much success? Yeah, it, it, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, but the, the thing I loved about the group we had in place, uh, we all were kind of grinders. And, and, and I know when I talk to our, our young uh, execs these days, I always say, you know, being a grinder is so important. Um, because it's not always going to be easy. Your team might not always win. Your facility might not always be great. And um, I think we were we were grinders um, and we were creative and innovative. You know, some of the things that we had to do at the Metrodome, again, we had, I think uh, at one point we had uh, over a hundred sellable doors from a suite standpoint in that building. Um, you know, you didn't have private concourses. You, you were basically in a, a 15 by 18 box. Um, that was your suite. And uh, we, 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 we kind of, got to the point where like, look, we have this real estate, what can we do with it? So we, we, we basically took 16 of our of empty suites and we turned them into club seating that we didn't have in the building. We called, called it our terrace suite. Nice. So now all of a sudden we had a product that we could generate another, turned out to be about a million dollars a year that we weren't getting from selling suites that we now could get from these club seats. Um, the Minnesota Twins used to share the Metrodome with us when they moved into Target Field in 2010. Uh, we actually took a space that they used to use for their offices and turned it into our gridiron club. So an area that uh, we could sell for pregame uh, kind of hospitality. Uh, folks could come back and forth. It was right off the 50 yard line area. You couldn't see the, the field, but you could be part of kind of a hospitality area. So I would say, you know, grinding and, and really creating and using what we had to, to maximize that revenue. Absolutely. And JP, back in 2013, you take on a new role this time as the director of new stadium development, and you really assist with the transition, not only from the last year at kind of the Metrodome all America field, but then a few years playing at the University of Minnesota, ultimately opening the new facility and that new facility, U.S. Bank Stadium, an amazing you know stadium over a billion dollars. How is that overall experience for you? Uh, unlike anything that I'll probably ever get to do again, Travis, you know, you're yeah. lucky if you get to do it once, some people are lucky enough to do it twice, but you know, it was, uh, it was an intense, you know, I think it was just November 1, 2013, when I moved into our, our downtown temporary offices, but it was an intense, uh, three and a half years because, uh, not only did we have to kind of relocate, but, uh, you know, our offices and our day-to-day -day operations, but Transitioning a large group of suite owners to uh, to a small amount of suites at Huntington Bank Stadium at the University of Minnesota, uh, that was hard, right? We had to figure out ways to, to shift people around. Um, at the same time, we're trying to get them to come on board as suite members at U.S. Bank Stadium. And, uh, you know, we had built out a, a probably one of the best preview centers you'll ever see in all of sports. Um, so that was fun to get to do that stuff. But again, intense. Here we are trying to get people to a point where they're going to be happy for two years but yet still keep that enthusiasm and that excitement about moving into the new building in 2016. And um, I, I would say probably more than anything, it was uh, it was a unifying experience for us because, yep. you know, a lot of times adversity and challenge brings your teams together. And man, yep. I just remember 
4.30 on Monday nights. We were on conference calls till 6.30, 7.30, 8.30 at night. And we had to do what we had to do, but it brought us all together for that right. common goal. Spent a lot of time together. And as you think back to that overall experience, were there any meetings you were like, <laughs> I would never have imagined growing up in Ohio that I was going to be a part of one of these? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, well, well, not a meeting. Um, it was, we, we started out, you know, talking through some things about our, our premium program and, and some of the construction things and things like that. And then uh, the construction manager in the project says, Hey, let's, let's go take a quick tour of the building. And this was a November blustery day in Minnesota. And we're literally walking up, I don't know, 10 to 12 stories of scaffolding in wind and cold um, to kind of get a view of something in the building. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing up here? Number one. Uh, and number two, I thought back to my days in Chicago when we were trying to build that, you know, 10,000 seat arena and we never got to that point of construction. I'm like, man, this is, this is real. This is what I've, this is what I've always kind of wanted to do. So, yeah. So that's kind of a, a cool, memorable experience about, about the overall project itself. That's awesome. Well, JP, you and your current role, which you started just before the opening of the stadium, you go on and create and execute the new service initiatives to further enhance the relationship between the Vikings, the fans, the corporate community, and kind of that street to seat experience. So I know the easy answer is it's never the same, but what does that typical day-to-day look like for you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, Travis. Um, I try and start my day out every day um, with uh, a book. It's called An Uncommon Life. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see it or not, but Coach Dungy, who obviously coached Tony Dungy, who has connections to Minnesota, um, you know, was on our coaching staff years ago and, and played here at the University of Minnesota. He's put together an award um, program here every year, so I've had a chance to hear him speak. So this book is basically a daily kind of devotional or a, a little thing I love to get started with and try and get a workout in our practice facility. We've got great staff workout facilities. Again, another benefit of, of why we all love to work here. Um, but, you know, the, the day in the life is different every day, and it is the cliche answer, but uh, my role is, is, is pretty broad in that I focused on the guest experience piece and how do we continue to develop that philosophy of, of school service that we've created here in Minnesota. But then one day I might be working on a capital project and in the next hour, I might be working with our premium team on how do we enhance that relationship with these folks who are paying us hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for, for great hospitality. So um, the, the thing I love about it is that it's different every day. The thing that can get challenging is it's different every day, it's right? different every day. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, JP Paul, Vice President of Corporate Development, Guest Relations with the Minnesota Vikings. And, and JP, let's get into the three hot topics. So question one, we talk a lot about this business is all about the overall experience and selling experience. And so knowing that you really oversee that street to seat experience with the Vikings, what is one key factor that you believe every team, regardless of sport, should be sure to focus on from an elite experience? Yeah, great question, Travis, because because we all have different, you know, different buildings. We all have different uh, areas that our buildings are in. I, I To me, it comes down to what I like to call micro moments. Um, you know, winning a game is great and that, that makes the fan experience better. Um, but I look at it from a micro moment standpoint. And we talk a lot about this in our organization. And, and you know, this is not necessarily something I've created, but it resonated with me when I heard it from other people. It kind of goes back to the red dot, yellow dot, green dot philosophy of how do we how do we create as many micro moment green dot experiences for our fans? Because each and every day we're evaluating, you yep. know, an experience. You go to a restaurant, you're evaluating that experience from the minute you hit the parking lot to the minute you leave the building thousands of times a day. And I just look at it as the more of those kind of micro moments that an organization can can provide that are positive for their fan base or any any business, frankly, uh, you know, retail, restaurants, things like that the more chance you have of building that loyalty and the more chance you have of, of, you know, just continuing to build that revenue stream with that specific individual customer. And I think loyalty goes a long way and loyalty is kind of a direct impact on that revenue stream. And so question two, JP, in your current role, it is not just the Vikings, but every event that goes through us bank stadium. And so how does the protocol and some of the different opportunities differ from event to event? Yeah, you know, it, obviously concerts, you know, uh, other shows are different than a Vikings game. Um, and, and we're lucky. We've got a great crew from ASM Global that is our building management company. And, and we spent a lot of time with them as we were, we were, you know, building U.S. Bank Stadium. And now that we operate it or run it on a, on, a, on a day-to-day basis, we spend a ton of time with them working on that culture of school service. And, um, you know, we don't do a ton with them on concerts. We did early on because we wanted to make sure that the Vikings brand was being represented. Um, it's U.S. Bank Stadium, but a lot of people still, you know, look at it as our brand, even for concerts. So it's important to us that we continue to have a cohesive effort with them on a concert day, an event day, whatever it might be, that when somebody walks into that building for, uh, you know, a Luke Combs concert, that the experience they've had is is just as good as it would be on a Vikings day, because what they'll do is sometimes they'll walk out and they'll say, if they didn't have a good experience, it might be, oh, man, I, I had a rough day at the Vikings Stadium. The Vikings Stadium. Yep. Yeah, you know. So we just want to make sure that we continue to develop that relationship with them. And, um, you know, we don't we don't necessarily support as much on concerts like we like we used to. Um, but certainly if they ever need us, we're there to help. Absolutely. And finally, question three. And we talked a little bit about this early in the podcast, the value of people, the value of an organization, understanding that personal and, and professional work life balance. So in addition to all the events that you're working, you also have a family, wife, three sons. And you're also very involved in the community. So what's your advice to listeners on just being efficient, effective in really everything you do, both personally and professionally? Yeah, I think I think to be effective, you have to be efficient, Travis. Um, You know, the world, there's so much more coming at us. Um, You know, social media, all all this all this information is constantly around. And and I think it does kind of go back to company culture a lot. I know we talked about that earlier with the Wills, but um, you know, we've been blessed and, and I hope most companies are these days that, you know, if I coached my kids, right, I coached their baseball teams, I coached their basketball teams, you know, I went to football games. Um, and 
to be able to do that, I got into work earlier, right? So I could get more done during the course of the day. But if I wanted to leave at 3.30 because my kid had a baseball game at five o'clock or something like that, the culture that we've created here in Minnesota, it allowed us to do that. And it allowed us to go ahead and be part of our family. You know, I mentioned Mark, Ziggy and Lenny Wilf. That's a family. They're a family. It's extremely important to them um, that not only uh, we are, we are uh, taking care of our families and being part of our families' lives, um, this is a generational business for them as well. So their, their kids and, and, and their, uh, their relatives are coming up and being part of this organization as well. So I think when it comes to, to really being effective, you need to be efficient with your time, uh, but you also have to have an environment around you that allows you to, uh, to be flexible to do that. JP, such a great career, certainly an exciting journey and I appreciate your time. And as you think back, what's been your best memory? <laughs> 20 years. That's a long time of memories, Travis. Um, <laughs> you know, probably there's probably two memories. One is, one is people be like, that was your best memory. And the other one they'll obviously understand. Um, but one would be opening us bank stadium. Um, we opened up Sunday night, 2016, you know, Sunday night football against green Bay. Um, our building is beautiful at night. Um, so because of my history with that project in Chicago, not coming to fruition, you know, it really, really meant a lot to me when we got to play our first game and open up the doors of us bank stadium. So, uh, probably one of my best moments is having my team down on the field on the 50 yard line to kind of take that picture, have that glass of champagne, um, you know, just kind of stand and and kind of do the 360 degree, so to speak of, of what we'd accomplished in building that stadium. And then honestly, another, another favorite memory of mine is, is, um, is, is oddly enough, our loss in the NFC championship game in 2009 in new Orleans. Um, I know it, I know as a Vikings fan, you, you vividly remember. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. But, but it was an opportunity where we didn't plan on going to the game and um, we got a late opportunity because there were uh, our, our airline partner at the time uh, had some seats open on a plane because we had so much fan to, uh, fan demand. They booked an extra plane. So me and about a dozen of, of our staff members actually got a chance to fly down there the morning of the game. Uh, we tailgated with other Vikings fans down in New Orleans, which was a great time. Uh, went to the game. And, and you know what? I mean, I know we lost. We lost in a de- devastating fashion. But that leading up that season, leading up to that moment and then sharing that experience on that 24 hours with 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 people that I had worked with for a long time is something I'll never forget. Great. Well, JP, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey. So now, Dan, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? All right, let's do it. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Funny you ask a question about a boat in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> good question. For the two uh, months. Yeah. Um, El Capitan. Um, little little family joke, I guess, with me and my kids. I mean, my boys and my wife. But uh, that'd be perfect for the back of my boat is El Capitan. Love it. What's a fashion trend that you would love to see come back? Oh man. Um, I'm the last guy to talk about fashion. I don't even know fashion trends leave, let alone come back. <laughs> um, if, if I can wear a pair of jeans and a baseball hat, if that never goes away, then I'll be okay. So you'll I don't know if I haven't coming back, but give me a baseball hat and jeans. I'll be good to go. You'll be a happy camper. Well, if you could go know. to dinner with anyone, who would it be? Oh, wow. Uh, one guy that comes to mind is Bill Veck, um, old school name. I don't know a lot of our young listeners probably know Bill Veck's name, but you know Bill Veck was a guy that he was a huge innovator in the world of sports marketing and and yeah. and, and you know the, the crazy things that he did. But probably more so than anything, Bill Veck was being a baseball player myself. 
Um, I've always thought it would be kind of fun to, to own a minor league franchise or, or have involvement with a really small minor league franchise. Because yep. one thing Bill did was he'd sit in the crowd and talk to the fans and learn what they want and learn what makes them happy and just talk baseball with them. And as I kind of get to the end stages of my career, I think that'd be kind of fun to, to be in a small town and, and, and be that guy that the fans recognize as, hey, he's our baseball guy here in town. Yeah. Immerse yourself back in. Well, JP, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Wow. Um, you know, one thing I've learned here over the last few years, and, and I wish I had known earlier in my career, Travis, probably, and, and we were just talking about a, a longtime friend of ours, uh, Dr. Bernie Mullen, but learn to be a storyteller. Um, I think you talked earlier about persuasion and selling and things like that. If, if you stop and look at who some of the most successful people are in our business or just in the world themselves, they're great storytellers. They, they, yeah. they suck you in. They want, they, they want you to hear what they have to say. Um, right. So that's one thing I think is, is huge. Um, be authentic. Be who you are. Uh, I think that's something that it's hard to do maybe when you're younger, but the more confidence you get through your career and the more experience you have, I think you start to realize, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it you know, through the, the values that I have. And uh, I'm going to be continue to be successful that way. Um, and then probably last but not least, you know, uh, somebody said this to me in 2000, I think it was 2005. Um, have fun. This is a fun business, right? We all get we all get stressed out about, you know, show rates and attendance and revenue numbers and satisfaction numbers um, to the point where we forget that. And we're lucky enough. I, I just tell my people, my 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 uh, people who ask, I'm like. I'm one of 32 people in the world that have this job, right. You know, uh, in the NFL, you know, so it's kind of like, let's have fun with it. Let's enjoy it. I get to watch a football game on Sunday and it's my team, you know, so um, let's have fun with this stuff. Couldn't agree more. Love, love it. You know, love the advice, being able to storytell, being authentic. And finally, it's what I always say is right. Enjoy the journey. Have some fun. Yeah. We're, we're not selling vacuums and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have a Dyson vacuum. I love it, but thank God yep. I don't have to sell it. So yep. exactly JP, right. thank you so much. You've had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Travis loved it, man. Good luck to you. Thanks. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.